the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. This is the new generation of talk radio in the Bay Area. This is KNEW, AM and HD, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose. Now, your money, your life. It's Rob Black. CES is going on right here, right now. It's the Consumer Electronics Show. And one of the, the, the stuff there today, I don't know if I really want to buy into this one. I'm cautious. I'm cautious with buying into stories, you know? I go, I don't know about that. The story is that Discovery, Discovery Channel, which is a publicly traded company, if you like uh, watching animals hump, you can go invest in a, a company that broadcasts animals humping. Um, Discovery, IMAX, and Sony, they're forming a venture, which, by the way, Maisie the Wonder Dog loves watching Animal Planet. Discovery, IMAX, and Sony, they're forming a joint venture for 3D television. <laughs> Do we need that? Okay, so Avatar was great, and Avatar taught us one thing. What did Avatar really teach us? That the internet's not going to kill TV, that the internet's not going to kill radio, that the internet's not going to kill everything out there. If you do something that's intriguing, people will pay attention. If you do the same thing, milk toast program each and every day, you're dead because the internet will kill you. So Discovery, IMAX, and Sony, they're, they're doing a joint venture about 3D television. Now, the joint venture is going to be announced today. It's time for the Consumer Electronics Show where 3D television is starting to become a hot topic. You know, televisions actually survived the recession really well. We didn't actually stop spending on televisions. Americans love their TVs. We love our TVs. Now, Discovery Communications, they operate the Discovery Channel. They operate TLC and other cable channels. They're going to distribute the channel. They got a 2011 start date. It's expected to showcase a mix of 3D content, including entertainment and sports. ESPN's in on it. ESPN 3D is coming in June 2010. That's kind of cool. They're going to show a minimum of 85 Live 3D events each year during the first year. So ESPN 3D. Now, the ESPN Network's only going to operate for live events. Discovery IMAX Venture would be a 24-hour channel. Companies like Discovery IMAX and Sony and Walt Disney, they control ESPN. They're trying to place themselves in the forefront of emerging technology. I'm not sure I want a 3D TV. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I, I've seen some sporting events on 3D. It is pretty cool. It's nice. It's a, it's a nice depth thing. It's like the movie Avatar. Where you go, ooh, that leaf looks pretty impressive. And you, you really do pay attention to it. But the actors suck in 3D. They stink. I don't really want to see people in 3D. It's not that important to me. So anyway, that's one of the big stories that's out there, right? Ooh, big news today. Apple, the downloads. The Apple Store has now passed 3 billion downloads. So congratulations to Apple on that. So I'm not really sure I'm ready for a 3D TV. I'm a, a slow adapter. And th- TV replacement cycles are five to seven years. So I'm not buying this press release. Not yet. Now, there is a, a press release out there today that I, I love the idea of. 
There's something new to watch in the living room. It's your relatives. Now, my next TV is internet enabled. I know that. My next TV is going to be Wi-Fi enabled. I know that. I buy into that concept. Next thing that we're going to be watching is relatives and friends. Panasonic and LG, two of the top television makers, they're going to integrate free calling Skype. If you have an internet-connected high-definition TV. So your next TV is going to have a button answer phone. It's not necessarily a phone. It's going to be Skype. It's going to be internet-based, right? I like the idea. I like the idea enormously. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think the business ideas that can come out of this, can you imagine a Skype dating service where you could actually see the person? Like, if you go to Match.com, which I often refer to Match.com as the, the, not the largest dating internet site of online. I refer to it as the largest dating internet service with people with herpes online. So it's... Hi-oh! Ohio um, people who buy TVs, we're going to start buying, we're going to start getting that live video chat where we can conduct free video chats from the couch. Now, again, if you view Skype, it's not quite right. Oprah, she uses Skype and it's damn good. So we know that the potential's there, but you have to have hard line on hard line. It really has to be top notch stuff. Now, the announcement is the first of many from TV manufacturers this week in Las Vegas. Television makers are trying to give consumers reasons to begin replacing their high-definition TVs that we started buying in the 1990s. They're giving us slimmer TVs. They're giving us internet connections. They're preparing that 3D technology down the road. I don't want to buy 3D technology right now. You know why? Because I get the feeling I'm going to be Betamax guy. I'm going to be the guy who goes out and buys a Betamax and tells the whole neighborhood, hey, everybody, come over to my house. I got a Betamax. And then, oh, damn, VHS, VCR beats it. I don't want to buy a 3D television because I get the feeling I'm going to be the early adopter. So anyway, the domestic TV market, we shipped 33.86 million units last year. That's up 17% from 2008. That's pretty good. Again, retail sales, we know we're flat year over year. Recession. So the price of a typical 46-inch LCD TV is now under 1000 buckaroos. That's stunning, right? Now, internet-enabled TVs... They haven't really proven a hit yet, but they will. They can restore some of the shrunken profits because they could start charging a 50-inch plasma high-definition TV with broadband connection. It's $300 more on Amazon.com than the same TV with the same size. So now when you add Skype to the equation, I love the idea. I love it. I love the idea of being able to call my mom and seeing her. Now, we, we weren't ready for this in the 1990s. We tried internet phones. We tried video phones. AT&T had them, and they were just a massive bomb. But the technology is pretty good now. Now, there's going to be online services. There's going to be tons of widgets that sh- prop up. Netflix, streaming movie service, it's going to be right there for your TV. Now, I did a story a couple weeks ago about the New York Times about a family said, screw cable, we're just going to run internet TV into our house. And they've done it pretty well. Now, the Skype service works well. It would work on a TV. There'd be some limitations. A TV program will stop playing once a Skype call is made because TV processors aren't powerful enough to yet let people chat and watch. It's a kind of interesting. I also saw a story recently that me and Heidi are best friends, and Heidi and her husband moved to Hawaii, and we used to like watching Dancing with the Stars together, and now we could watch Dancing with the Stars with Skype so we can actually be in the same living room with each other with our computers, our laptops, while we're watching the same TV program. So while in California, I DVR Skype, or I DVR Dance of the Stars, and she, DVR, she watches it live in Hawaii with her husband. So we're able to sit in the same room. So Skype is starting to become a little bit more pervasive. There's still not a business model there. I think the business model will be tied towards porn. All business models start with porn. If you take a look at it, video cassettes, you know, 8 millimeter films, 
internet, all business transaction basis starts with porn, and you can find it. It's porn. It pushes technology. It shows us where we're going. So Skype, I think, is going to be pretty neat. I think it's like Buck Rogers. It's 21st century. Finally, it's going to be here. Now, it's not going to be widely spread because a lot of people don't want to be talking on their televisions. You can't put your television in your car. So it's not going to be as wonderful and as lovely as it should be. But a Skype-enabled set is going to cost an extra 100 bucks, 200 bucks. So the TV makers love it. So eh, I don't know if I'm getting anywhere with this. Video chatting has become increasingly important. So I'm going to start working with, with Cron TV with Skype probably next week where psh, I'm just going to do more. But I'm going to be able to do more from a, a remote location, and that's going to save me a ton of time. So I found a, an efficiency using Skype. So anyway. I think that's one of the more interesting stories out there. Let me give the phone number. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. And just a little bit more on Skype because I think this is an interesting note. It recently was a division of eBay. About 520 million people around the world use the service to place free phone calls and video chats with one another. That's not small. That's a good penetration. <laughs> I said Penetration. I get giddy over simple, <laughs> silly little things. Let me hear myself laugh again. <laughs> How cool is it to have your own radio show where you can hear yourself laugh? And you can say, <laughs> one more time, one more. <laughs> Perfect. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Microsoft, they've released um, pricing for Office 2010. And Microsoft looks cheap. It's funny because someone recently asked me, would you buy Apple? And Apple's trading at 30 times earnings, and that's pretty expensive. That's historically pretty pricey. Technically, it could trade at 40 times earnings or 50 times earnings. And when they introduce the iSlate on January 24th or 25th, maybe the whole media world will urinate on themselves and, and go, this is the greatest thing ever. It cures cancer and hemorrhoids. And maybe we'll say, let's, let's push Apple higher. Maybe. In the end, it's about valuation. Now, Microsoft, I'm taking a look at it. They're trading at 12 times next year's earnings. It's pretty cheap. There's a lot of value. I think there's a better chance for Microsoft to go from 30 to 35 and get you a good 15% return. I think that 15% is safer with less potential downside than the same 15% return in Apple. Now, again, that's a value investor versus a growth investor. I'm not telling you to do one or the other. I'm not telling you I'm doing one or the other. I'm just telling you what it is. Speaking of which, Microsoft has announced with Kia Motors this morning that they're going to provide a new system that's going to allow drivers and passengers to make phone calls and control a car's audio system through voice commands. It's going to be called Uvo. It's a hand-free system that's going to be offered in several Kia vehicles by the end of the year, first being in 2011. Kia Sorento crossovers likely to be rolled out are going to be probably the first car. Now, Ford's got Microsoft's Sync system. Kia and Microsoft are going to announce a partnership today at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. And again, I think that's where there's going to be a lot of innovation in the next couple of years. It's in in your car. Because that's an area where we really haven't updated too much as far as dashboard technologies go. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Let's go to Chris in Fremont. Chris? Hi, Rob. Hey, um, real quick, I have a, a job as an independent contractor in sales and every two months I get a commission check, and, uh, you know, no taxes are taken out of it. I pay quarterly. But what we do is, you know, we get extensions and we push everything back. So I'm actually sitting on this cash that is slated for taxes for a number of months, 
And I'd like to know what are some things I can do with that money to make it make money while I wait to use it to pay taxes. I don't like your question because, Chris, it, it, it has a premise that you want to expose it to risk. It's cash. Well, it's government, yeah, it's government money. Risk, I guess. It's, it's like a government IOU that you're sitting on right now. And I can tell you I personally would put it in a Ginny Mae money market or a Ginny Mae fund and earn 3 to 4% on it. But right. that's 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 bad advice for me because Ginny Mays can lose three to five percent per year in value if people prepay their their mortgages, and there's no right. way of telling if people are going to prepay or not. So you could actually lose principal. I think that's short term money, Chris, and I think you've got a little bit of a, a a little bit of a sickness, just a little bit, because you're trying to beat the system in a very short amount of time. And I talked earlier about investing. Is you don't seduce a woman in in one minute. You seduce her in a whole night. Um, you don't invest and make money in one minute. You invest and make money in, in a whole lifetime, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. So that's just – I'm going to stick with that, Chris. Um, you can go with an ING direct account and get pretty good rate of return compared to your Bank of America. But right. again, the higher the rate of return, the higher the risk. Keep that in mind on yield. The, any risk – any yield over 6% is crazy. It's exponentially crazy at 8 9 10%. So cash is meant to be – safe and liquid and the principal safe and liquid at the bank so i really wouldn't risk too much with it chris but thanks for the call 800-345-5639 it's rob black show 9 10 a.m more stimulating talk Three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. Just announced that Apple's buying a company called Quattro. Uno, dos, tres, Quattro. So they're buying a mobile ad company. Holy snikes. Did he just say they're buying a mobile ad company? Is Apple really going to compete with Google? Google just announced the, their Android phone, their, their new uh, Nexus One phone, just a couple minutes ago. And the moment Google does that is the same moment Apple sends out a press release saying, we just bought a firm called Quattro, which is a mobile ad company. Why do you think they did that? Coincidence? I don't think so. Now, how's that for a barrier of entry? None. Mobile ads have no barrier to get into. None. Now, Google's going to sell some hardware and Apple sells some hardware. So they're going to be able to control what goes in there. Interesting. That battle just got a little bit more exciting. Let's go to Yvonne in San Francisco. Yvonne? Hello, Rob. Good morning. Uh, you had a gentleman calling you earlier with uh, spondylitis. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was listening to it, and I went through a similar situation about seven, eight years ago. There is something that he can do. Uh, when he said he was fighting the government, yes, you have to fight him. But the thing is, what the government wants is the government wants to give you up. <laughs> so he cannot give up. Uh, I found out um, as far as not giving up, filling out his papers, put him in. But the end effect is I found out through a friend of mine there is an attorney available who only does, uh, uh, does disability. In other words, he does rights for disability act. 
and he has to get his attorney. He doesn't have to pay. He will look at his case, and I can tell that he will win this case. And when he wins this case, the attorney gets like a small minor fee, and the attorney will represent him. That's what he got to do. Thanks for the call. Absolutely. Heidi, can you get a microphone real quick? Heidi's my producer here, and we've got a long relationship. Yes, sir. Bad Heidi. Bad Heidi. Can I tell you something? Bad call. Bad call. So this is interesting to me because my dad actually has spondylitis. Oh, so we're doing the Heidi <laughs> show. No, no, but I'm familiar with it, and it's it's more common than you would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got foot fungus. Should I call an attorney and have him represent me and fight the government? No. <laughs> I don't, that that wasn't really the point. But. I'm rubbing your nose in that collar. Bad Heidi. Bad Heidi. We don't have anybody else waiting. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to kill another 40 minutes. Haven't you figured that out yet? 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. So, should I do some stimulating talk? Should I tell you the future? Yes, please. I'm not asking you, Heidi. You're on you're on restriction. We can only hear take so much of you. And that's enough. So let's talk about mm, the destruction of the music industry. I dig business plans. And I know I'm bit, I'm a little bit too techy today. I'll go back to a little bit more business tomorrow and a little bit more sexy talk Thursday. But the music industry has already been virtually destroyed by the internet. Television isn't next. Prior to the era of the MP3 and the free distribution system, i.e. the internet, the music industry was wildly profitable. It made millionaires of many musicians, singers, and producers, as well as provided steady streams of profits to major record labels. That entire industry now almost completely reduced to a handful of celebrity musical stars who are often more a visual cultural icon than actual musician or singer. By the way, I saw Fergie in some outfit that was crazy. See? Visual cultural icon. Now, the sale of CDs continues to decline. The sale of music via sources like iTunes is becoming the last remaining distribution for recording artists. That's it. Now, even channels such as iTunes are far less lucrative for most artists than previous era of albums, cassettes, and CDs. Concert industry is virtually the only strong income available to musicians. Many young people view their laptops as their music collection now. Music industry has been entirely transformed in a very tiny, tiny, tiny period of time. Now, the television industry, it's been through one major revolution. Cable. Color and cable. That's it. Now, cable kind of revolutionized the world in the 1980s. That transformation eroded the power of major broadcast networks. Cable, suddenly, we are starting to watch HBO, The Sopranos, instead of ABC, CBS, NBC. It greatly enlarged the audience for television programs and audience for advertisers. Advertisers had more places to go. Now, the proliferation of channels, it's eroded the pricing power that television stations used to have. In short, the negative aspects of the advent of cable for broadcast networks was offset by the positive growth of the entire industry. Now, the advent of the Internet, it's only had a negative impact on television as a whole. There's no doubt about it. It's well-documented shift of advertising budget dollars from television networks to online. As we heard Pepsi say, we're not going to buy a Super Bowl commercial this year. Instead, we're going to spend that couple million dollars on Facebook. Now, part of this, the television industry, they've been able to resist a complete restructuring, unlike the music industry. Part of this has taken television's hold as cultural you know, icons, 
securing events. TV has secured American Idol, for instance. Now, the voting on American Idol is done using cell phones and laptops. It's ironic. So the one thing that they don't want to enable, they're enabling. It's reasonable to view American Idol as a successful adaptation, ultimately, of the threat. They've embraced the new technology, and yet it's the same technology that can kill them. A hit show has always been the way to attract advertising dollars to television networks, but an unstoppable trend of advertising dollars drifting away from television and other mediums will water down that hit show. Now, the threat to the television industry of advertising dollars shifting to the online world, it's long been visible. And I'm not making this up. We saw that America Online Time Warner merger in 2000. It was an attempt to preempt Internet's potential destruction of television, basically by controlling advertising dollars, by embracing the online world wholeheartedly. Ten years later, that historic acquisition was a flop and a failure. The real threat to television is YouTube and the angle on YouTube or Mevio or Skype shows. YouTube's already a competitor to television, but only in the sense that time spent watching YouTube is not time spent watching television. The more potent threat to television is the distribution of the same content that TV provides delivered through the internet, like the Roku device. This is a big one. You know Roku, R-O-K-U? It allows streaming video of movies directly to a TV. It's one of the first real threats to television, although it primarily endangers the premium channels, the cable, the satellite, the fiber shows. Why subscribe to premium movie channel packages when you can get many, many, many more movies on demand using Roku? And the movie website, Hulu.com, TV website, movie website, it's already become a site where users can view movies for free. But Hulu is focused on recorded videos, not live broadcasts. Roku is the live broadcast angle. Now, I don't know. There's a website out there. If you want to see an example of the huge real threat to the television industry, it's, it's ATDHE.net, ATDHE.net. They display live sports over the internet as the event happens. No charge. You get it for free. There's another free live sporting and television event called Graboid. G-R-A-B-O-I-D. Site's not focused on live broadcast, but since it does have very recent episodes, a lot of TV shows like CSI, it's alternative to TiVos. It's an alternative DV, uh, DVRs. So there's another one out there called freedocast.com. It's a TV-style platform where you create your own content, freedocast.com. And there's one that I'm looking to work with called Justin TV. It's justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, dot TV. That site provides users with the ability to create and distribute live content as it's created. It's kind of the next evolution of YouTube. The key destructive element to television and music is free distribution. It's not the internet. It's things that can be digitized. Music was the first industry to go down. Newspapers was the second. Television slowly but surely eroding the power. Pepsi saying they're going to Facebook is telling you the day and age of premium pricing for the Super Bowl is over. Let's go to San Francisco, Ray. Hello. Hi, Ray. Yes, I just got a question. Uh, I have, my mom gave my kids inheritance, so I'm planning to put it away, but I don't know what to do. How old are the kids? I uh, got one, five, and six. So I'm not planning to touch it any way I can. Yeah. Was the money given to the kids or was the money given to you? Uh, it's actually given to us on the bank account. She put it in. So. Is it in the child's name or is it in your name? Yes, child's name and under our, you know, okay. minor. I'd consider opening up an account and investing the money if they're young. Um, 
You can open up a 529 plan so that it invests the money into their college, uh, but it's their money. So it's, it's it, that's where I get in a little bit tricky. It's wicked here, right? I don't want to say you should invest the money because in theory, your mother gave it to the kids for maybe for them to buy toys. Maybe it was meant for them to buy a car when they turn 18. Maybe it was meant for them to get married. Um, I like the idea of investing the money, calling Fidelity and saying, hey, I got some kids that need to open some accounts and we could fund this account. But I don't really like the idea of saying, here's what you're... Yeah, yeah. So thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Bad Heidi. Bad, bad Heidi. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. 910 AM. I'm going to jump online. Talk910.com. Talk910.com. More stimulating talk. Ahead at noon, Glenn Beck. Now, Rob Black. 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Francis Total said they're going to pay $2.25 billion for a stake in Chesapeake Energy, uh, one of their gas fields in Texas. So Total, they're kind of like the Exxon of France. They're getting into natural gas. The Exxon got into natural gas. We heard that last week with a big purchase that they did. He might have been on holiday and missed it, but they, they did a big purchase, big investment in the future, natural gas, clean burning fuel. Cleaner burning fuel. Um, that means Chevron's going to make a, a move at some point in time. If Chevron doesn't, I like Chevron in the short term. If Chevron does, I like ExxonMobil because they've already been hit by getting in this natural gas less profit business. Deeper into it. Let's go to John in Santa Clara. John, how are you? Good, Rob. Love your show, man. I love your voice. How did you get it such a deep voice? Um, I don't know. By my mom and dad, I guess. Really? So I've been trying to brutalize my voice in the last couple of years, drinking whiskey and smoking cigars. <laughs> like when I first got into radio, I sounded like Alvin, one of the chipmunks. Hi, everybody. It's Rob Black. Call the show. And slowly but surely, I've gotten to, gotten more more of a man's voice. Well, you can do what Howard Stern used to do. You can turn up the bass on your uh, on your microphone. And uh, I don't know if you ever heard him on a live interview. He doesn't sound like he does when he sounds on the radio. Yeah, he modulates for sure. He He, he certainly modulates uh, his sound and... Um, there's all there's automatically some modulating going on because my voice is being fed through a board, but he intentionally uh, kicks in the bass for sure. Oh yeah. So anyway, what's up, John? I just wanted to make a comment. You were talking earlier about um, about the networks and their and their position on the internet and and the television. Yeah. Uh, we actually, if we miss a television show, my wife likes to watch General Hospital. She actually, you know, she works a full day. She comes home in the evening and and goes online. And uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, they all have their own high-definition online streaming content for their programs, both primetime and daytime television shows. So Fringe, if we miss that, Lost, if we miss that, we go online, we watch it in HD on our computer streaming live over the Internet. And it's, and, 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 and some of that stuff is repeated on Hulu, mm-hmm. but uh, we like going to their, their website. I mean, but both Hulu and the uh, – and the primary networks only do like a 30 or sometimes uh, on, on the more popular shows that are just aired the previous day, it's all a 90-second commercial that you have to sit through, not the three-minute commercial that you have to bear whenever you're actually watching it live. I hear you. 
Um, I, I think what I was trying to get at is that, again, for Pepsi to say we're shifting ad dollars from the Super Bowl commercial live event where you have that captive audience, we're shifting that other places. The story to me is that their own distribution is killing them. You know, my ability to watch the Super Bowl the next day at NBC is hurting them um, because it takes away from the, the number of eyeballs that we're watching it live. Um, and on top of that, the whole streaming of, of, of content, some of it illegally. I mean, I gave you one website out there. It's called ATDHE.net where they're illegally streaming stuff. Um, and as the Internet, as televisions become more Internet enabled, it's just going to kill the networks, ABC, NBC, CBS. And your wife still watches General Hospital like that's kind of odd. Daytime soap operas are kind of old school. Well, I mean, uh, a lot of them are, she tells me that a lot of them are just garbage, but uh, apparently General Hospital has certain characters that she likes. And that's not just her, it's all of her sisters. They all they all love to watch the show. They talk about the characters. If they <laughs> don't get a chance to watch the episode, they'll read the uh, summary online. You know, it's, I, But I hear what you're saying about advertisers, uh, they're shifting their dollars to you know, try and attack the audience that's actually, uh, you know, where they're spending their time. But I think the networks are trying to jump on board. And, and as long as they can reinforce their, their copyrights and, and get some legal enforcement and stop some of these websites that are actually going and pulling their content and reproducing it. I think the, also the, the uh, music business is trying to do the same thing, but it's very difficult. You know, I, I can understand that with all the different uh, Internet providers out there to go after, you know, some sort of legal restitution. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Bye. 800 to get your calls in the air. How times have changed. You know Mattel and Barbie? Heidi, did you have a Barbie? Were you a Barbie girl? I'm curious to hear this one. So, I think every girl had a Barbie, right? Okay. I don't know. So, Yeah, that was pretty much, yeah, that was a must-have. I remember having, you know, the Ken doll and going over to my friend's house like yours and putting them in sexual positions. That's right. So I remember that was one of the big kicks of my day That's when right. I was seven years old. But um, Naughty. Yeah, it was kind of naughty. And see, it was kind of me flirting with you, but doing it with your toys in front of you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, Mattel now is getting into not just Barbies. They're getting into the big show. Who's the big show? He's a seven-foot-tall pro wrestler. So Mattel now is starting to make new dolls, a new toy partner, the WWE, the World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, SmackDown. Uh, Raw. These are big television events that kids watch. We all know that wrestling's fake. You still have to be an incredible athlete to be throwing each other around and faking hitting each other. It's kind of weird that you have to be an incredible athlete to fake hit someone, but you do. So Mattel's getting into WWE. I find that story interesting. Now, a couple other things I want to hit on is Hawaii. A couple years ago, I would have probably got on this air and I would have said, hey, Hawaii is a great investment, great real estate investment because there's only so much land in Hawaii. And, well, let's face it, we who live west of the Rockies love to go to Hawaii. Now, tourism has been hit, no doubt about it. Unemployment in the United States has hit tourism. But another thing has hit Hawaii. Enemy number one of Hawaii, President Barack Obama. Now, in between terrorism threats and crises, you might remember that... He said, you know, companies shouldn't go to Vegas for a big conference. Now, President Obama, he snorkeled in pristine bays. He dined in fashionable restaurants. Tourism officials wish there were more thousands of more investors and visitors just like him. Tourism's a glue that holds that island together. It keeps their finances right, keeping the streets clean. 
They can't do it without tourists. They can't keep their workers paid, their children educated. In the last two years, vacationers and conventioners have abandoned Hawaii in favor of less exotic destinations closer to home. And the result is a huge slowdown in the state. Now, the state budget in Hawaii. Now, we know about the state budget in California stinks. But we know our policymakers put us in this position. Whereas in Hawaii, it's really not their policymakers that put them in the position that their budget stinks. It's tourism has just dropped. Hawaii was so short of cash last year that it furloughed teachers and suspended school for 17 Fridays. (laughs) How great would that be to be a student there? As students have the fewest school days of any state in the union in Hawaii, so they're not wildly educated. Home foreclosures and bankruptcies are soaring in Hawaii. For the first time in a decade, the number of Hawaiians receiving welfare has increased. Crime's up on the islands. If things weren't discouraging enough, any army rat out there... As you know, Hawaii's got a problem with rats. And it's beleaguering their restaurant trade. They actually have armies of rats there. Now, the worst recession in their lifetime. They're in the worst recession in their lifetime. The number of visitors to the islands, year over year, down 17%. Total spending by visitors decreased $1.3 billion for the people that were there. So Obama's visit can be, you know, helping their image of their sugary beaches, their 30-foot waves. Oh, I want to go to Hawaii so bad right now. Actually, I want to go to Mexico. I'm more of a Mexico guy. I like south of Cancun. I don't like Cancun. Cancun's white trash to me. I like going 10, 15 miles south of Cancun and just getting lost in the, well, shall we say, the sunshine. I need that in there, and I feel pasty. Anyway. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. We've got about 15 minutes left in the show. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Rob Black, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Three four five five six three nine to get your calls in there. We've got about ten minutes left. If you could hear the conversations that go on during the commercials, it's an X-rated show. You think I push the limits here? Holy mackerel. I'd love to have a co-host. I'd love to have a side see, I don't really want a co-host because I don't really want to share the microphone. If anyone wants to come in and be my sidekick, you can come in and be my sidekick. You have to send me an application. It helps if you're sexy. Um, it helps if you smoke because I want someone who's kind of like a bad person to kind of make me look a little bit better. So anyway, um, long story short, if you want to be my, not my co-host, but my sidekick, I'm looking for a sidekick for the show. Job pays almost nothing, but it can get you exposure into the radio market and you can become super big and famous like me. <laughs> Yay. Right. So I need a sidekick. Another thing that I'm thinking about doing is I need to explain myself. Because people give me flack for, I, I saw the movie Invictus and it sucked. It just sucked, sucked, sucked. It was so average and bland. I'm like, I'm angry at, at Clint Eastwood. 
I've always liked Clint Eastwood films. He's done a pretty good job as director in the past few years. Grand Torino, I thought, was a fun film to watch. It was an interesting story. It was a different story. But Invictus just sucked. One of the movies I like, because people say, okay, you can criticize, Rob. Tell us something you like. One of the movies I liked was a movie called Mulholland Drive. It was made by David Lynch. And what was fantastic about it was it was tough to understand. At the end of the movie, you were left saying, what was that about? Now, I know what it was about. I'm I'm pretty accomplished writer. I, I, I knew how to read a script and, and figure it out. One of my favorite movies, Mulholland Drive. One of my fa- favorite movies in Glorious Bastards. I just like, you know, the Jews winning World War II. Funny concept. I like where it started. So Invictus? Eh, a role of a lifetime by Morgan Freeman to play Nelson Mandela. Like, enough already. I've seen enough of a Morgan Freeman. He's overexposed. I know he's Morgan Freeman. He's not a good actor anymore. Let's get a phone call. Let's get a Max, maybe. We get a Max. Heidi. Maybe John. It's a call-in show, Heidi. Get off the phone. Bad Heidi. Bad Heidi. Who should I go to? Oh, two. Let's line two. Let's go to John. Are you there? I'm here. Are you there, John? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my wife owns some Marshall McLennan from when she used to work. Uh, and I was just wondering, should we hold that or should we sell that and put it in a Roth? Good question. Marshall McLennan is not a super risky kind of name. Um, it's a pretty stable name with a pretty good dividend. Now, thanks for the call. I'm getting a little bit of feedback from you. Um, let me take a quick look. It's had a pretty rough sled as far as... Thanks for the call. I'm getting feedback. Heidi. She's not helping. She's busy taking calls. Why is everyone calling at the end of the show? Um, Marsh McLennan out of New York, $11.5 billion in sales. Um, it's a middleman. The company's the world's largest insurance broker middleman. They're a nice name. Core insurance subsidiary Marsh. A broad array of insurance and risk products. I, I like the dividend. It's an insurance play. In the world of finances, you get insurance, you get banks, you get brokers. I think that's the best way of explaining the financial sector in those three terms. Insurance is probably the safest. I'm favoring banks right now. I like Goldman Sachs. I like J.P. Morgan. Um, Morgan Stanley, rather, is a better way of saying that. Uh, Bank of America. I'd consider Wells Fargo if I'm patient. Um, and I definitely consider Citigroup as one of the potential biggest upsides in 2010. So I, I'm not... Leaning on the insurance companies. I'll lead it at that. Um, let's go to Mark in San Mateo. Mark? Hey, Rob. How you doing? Long time, no talk. Is this Mark um, who works at Max's? Yes, the one and only. And did you take that job with that, that internet company? I'm still there, and uh, I had a uh, I have a lunch break, so I don't get as much of an opportunity to, to listen to your show, but I picked up on the end there with your, with, with your comments on Invictus, and I just wanted to agree with you so much. I, I could not stand that movie. And, and everybody I've spoken to just is, is so, is they're raving about it as though it's like, it's like Hotel Rwanda 2 or something, you know, it's just, and so I just, I thought the movie was insulting. I'm, I'm actually going, my wife and I were going to South Africa uh, for the, um, for the, uh, for the World Cup. So really, you know, we're excited about that. And I was hoping to get, you know, a fresh, look at what South Africa is like, and, and the movie offered nothing, none of that. But, but, I mean, the last 45 minutes, I don't even think Morgan Freeman s- spoke. 
Um, <laughs> it was all it was all a rugby game that, that didn't make any sense. I mean, they, the, the the part that insulted me was the fact that it, it, it was almost like South Africa changed as a result of this rugby game, and that's not the case. First of all, it's still they still have tremendous problems there, but that's besides the point. It was like they were insulting our intelligence as though this rugby game was going to make everybody that hated each other. Remember how all the different groups hated each other in the beginning? And it was just so predictable how everybody started liking each other at the end, the guards, you know. The, Black you know, cop, the white cop. Yeah, I hear you. It just, so. I don't know. And then the maid, you know, how she hated the people, the, the, the family that she was in, and then all of a sudden she was at the game. And it was just, I don't know, the whole thing just really, it, it started out, I thought, really strong. It was the first scene when they drove in, they showed the two soccer fields. and. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, they've got it. They're showing an expensive rugby field, and they're showing dirt where the Africans played. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this, the first scene I thought was powerful, and then that was it. Like, it just went downhill from there. So anyway, so I just wanted to thank you for for uh, being on my side <laughs> to that story. I'm always on Mark's side. So right. you look it up. I, I've always got your back. Uh, San Mateo is not the armpit of the peninsula anymore. You've changed me on that. I, yeah, yeah. It, it it can't possibly be the armpit. There's so. I mean, it's not the best city. I agree with you. It's convenient for my wife and I and our lifestyle, and we have a young child and all this. But, but I there there's four or five, six other cities I would rather I would rather not live in. Let me throw out a couple South African uh, gems, so to speak. First one's a playwright called Anthal Fugard, F-U-G-A-R-D. If you read the play, My Children, My Africa, you'll really get a concept of what 1986, 1988 apartheid was all about at the end of it, at the end of it. I don't have a really good concept of what it was like during for you. Um, I will throw out, there's also another musician named Johnny Clegg, and he's an, kind of a world musician. So think happy uh, C-L-E-G-G. Maybe Heidi can pull up some Johnny Clegg for us to end the show with. Cruel, crazy, beautiful world. Um, it was, it's, a, it's a, it's a crazy country because with all the bitterness, there's such optimism. That's the, the cool thing about Africa with all the bitterness. There's such optimism. Um, anyway, Johnny Clegg, C-L-E-G-G. Um, he was, uh, one of the first white people to ever perform with a black person in his band. Crazy, right? And for the record, I'm a little tired of saying African-American and Caucasian, um, African-American, they get the cool thing of saying they're from Africa. But when you're a Caucasian white, there's no country called Caucasia. I would love to go to the, the, the island of Caucasia in Rome with my family. But there's no Caucasia. Let's go to Max in Los Altos. Max, how are you? Max, 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 Max. Max? Good question. Start over, Max. We didn't have you on air. Okay. Hi, Rob. Thanks Hi. For taking my call. You're welcome, Max. I have a very general uh, investing question. Mm-hmm. You always talk about all the literature you read, Financial Times, Wall Street Journal, Value Line. Jugs. My question is, what do you do with all the information? Do you just, like, take notes? And and then my second part is, do you, like, keep any of those archives, like the hard copies of the Value Line? I, I do. I have, like, about 15 years of Value Line. I was deciding whether I should keep it or toss it since my wife asked me to clean up the house. <laughs> I would personally toss it. I don't think you're going to be... Um, historically using that information other than for S and giggles. Um, For instance, I recently pulled out a value line with Chrysler and uh, it's, it's back when Chrysler was a dominant company and it's funny to look back on and say, things do change. So Max, I I do look back at history on a pretty regular basis, just 
I, I don't store archives. I still have my first 10 year of business notes um, when I was a tech analyst. I still have all that saved because it, it was such a change of time, a time of change. Um, again, we were talking about, have you heard about MP3? There's soon going to be MP4. Have you heard about America Online Instant Messaging? There's like, there there was such a, a dramatic change that was happening. I did save those notes that I plan to look back on. And I'm not going to write a book one day, but I just want to look back on and, and smile because uh, for the first 10 years of radio, I, I kept copious notes on all things technology. Um, and I've stopped doing that. So it's just I don't have the time for it anymore. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Walmart said something kind of interesting. I think Walmart's a fun company to study. They said they're launching a drive this year to cut billions of dollars of costs from its supply chain. They're going to combine its store purchasing across national frontiers in a new stage of globalization. So now they're going to basically purchase all their hammers on a global level. They're going to purchase all their widgets on a global level. They're trying to cut 5 to 15% out of the supply chain. That would be $4 billion to $12 billion in savings. Sometimes you look at, and why do I tell you the story? Because sometimes you look at a company like Walmart and you go, okay, I get it. Low cost retailer recession. But what I also just said, the company's aggressively trying to save money. So now I give you a second story. Let me give you another story. For instance, you look at Intel and you go, they're a monopoly in the CPU market. Well, what they really are is they're trying to improve their margins and they're a margin improvement reset story. So can they get their margins to the mid to the high 20s? Now, again, gross margins, profit margins, totally different things. But expanding computing opportunities, netbooks, tablets, there's a huge shift that could go on there with, with Intel on more than just a, ooh, they're a CPU company. Oh, there you go. There's a little Johnny Clegg for you. So this is a song. I'm not even going to explain what the song's about. But anyway, Johnny Clegg, uh, C-L-E-G-G. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. I'll be back in 22 hours. Take care. Good day. Talk to you soon. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.